In August 2011, Academy Award-winning actor Nicolas Cage told reporters of an incident he had. One night, Cage awoke to find a man standing at the foot of his bed, wearing nothing but a leather jacket, eating a fudgesicle bar, and watching Cage sleep. While this terrifying incident can easily be dismissed as yet another example of Fudgesicle Brand's famously dangerous guerrilla marketing, in fact, the incident was actually that of a stalker. Stalkers have been an important and difficult part of our history. Some notable stalkers include John Hinckley, whose obsession with Jodie Foster led him to shoot President Ronald Reagan, Mark Chapman, the murder of John Lennon, and of course the infamous Felicity from the show Felicity who dropped out of Stanford to move across country to New York after Ben Covington signed her yearbook. You may never know how the minds of these sickos work, but maybe they know a little more about us than we'd like to believe. Brian Lind, a 47-year-old bungee jumper and tactical papier-mâché enthusiast, was on his way to the Rainforest Cafe in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, when he went missing. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, that we are settling on that. That will be the introduction to the show going forward. Uh, thank you so much for all your feedback and, and, and everything while we're working through that. I am, of course, Clark McCarthy, and I'm sitting here with Owen Ingmar. Owen, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's been a nice, uh, relaxing holiday. As you know, I practice the Santa Claus tradition, trying to locate Santa, uh, have him befall a fatal accident, and then take on the Santa Claus role. No luck there. As of yet, there are a couple of elderly, overweight men with beards in the hospital who are look like they're going to be making a full recovery. So whether or not they're Santa, I don't know. And... Uh, they're going to live to see another day, so I, I won't be able to know whether, in fact, I would have got to be the Santa Claus. So that's obviously a little disappointing, but I'm looking into the lore behind the Christmas Chronicles, which is the sexy Santa universe, um, to see if there's any way that I might be able to become a sexy Santa. Um mm -hmm. So far, it just seems like it's an attractive Santa Claus. Um, and there are no rules about who takes over when he dies or becomes unsexy. But that's not stopped me from investigating. So uh, doing a little holiday seasonal investigation on the rules of the world about sexy Santas. Yeah, and I, and I think that's really important uh, a really important part of the Santa Claus series is that they do they do have a plan for what happens when Santa will die. And I would love to get the hashtag Santa will die trending. If you guys, mm -hmm. any listeners, just want to toss in a uh, hashtag Santa will die. It's just we need to have a backup plan when Santa dies. And a lot of these movies don't address that. They act like, okay, just because he's lived for a really long time, he's going to live forever. But, mm -hmm. you know accidents happen maybe he comes down a chimney and the fireplace is still lit or maybe you know he falls off a roof or um he picks up something and it's too heavy and he crushes himself and then you find him you know underneath a car christmas morning the kids are screaming uh three quarters of the world's haven't gotten their presents you know it could mm -hmm. be a lot of stuff it really could be 
Yeah. And if you guys want to discuss online uh, what you think could kill Santa and, you know, how we can best. Please. Prevent, yeah. Please get in touch with us. Tell us, you know, we want to have those conversations. I, I have also been uh, enjoying the holiday season. Uh, I've been doing a little homebrew, um, but eggnog. I'm doing a little homebrew eggnog. Oh. Yeah. So that's been really nice. Um, and I, you know, I never had a family member who made eggnog or anything. So I've just sort of been winging it recipe wise. Um sort of making making do my own way what i think would be in an eggnog and and what what have you tried what did you first think was in an eggnog my first thought was i mean obviously eggs so i did like an egg puree uh, i got a dozen eggs i pureed them and then i just drank that and i was like oh you know what this probably isn't tasting where it is so i tossed some heavy cream in there hmm. Uh, I tossed a bunch of cinnamon in there. Obviously, I bourbon. Uh, by, by the way, I'm sorry, I put bourbon in every variation that I tried. You're pretty positive that bourbon is in an eggnog. I'm fairly positive, at least based on my parents' reactions growing up, is that there is bourbon in that eggnog. And what were those reactions? Sleeping. <laughs> yeah, they had a little sleeps. Um, yeah. <laughs> notoriously wide awake family otherwise outside of the holidays yes my father um you know i don't want to get too much in his life but he was a cat burglar and so he was very vigilant he was always awake always at the peak of conditioning and all that stuff so he was always mm. bouncing around but conditioning during the day burgling at night mm-hmm Absolutely. He said sleep is the cousin of death. I believe Nas overheard him and stole that line from him. And that lawsuit is still pending, if I'm it, not mistaken. Yes, 100%. And I'm not going to say the reason that Nas has, you know, gone bankrupt a few times is because he keeps being cat burglared, but I'm not going to say it's not that. That's right. Yeah, your dad makes up the trinity of uh, Nas uh, rappers uh with nas in the name right there's little nas x nas and then uh your dad was old nazi right absolutely which in i i imagined it before i said it out loud and thought it sounded more like sleeping yes and <laughs> the nazi yes and that my dad had the exact same problem and so that's a big reason why his career did not take off is because you know people don't want to listen to you know a nazi record <laughs> uh but you know he's he's doing all right um and for the record i know some of you <laughs> push back on sort of the nas uh you know he's been cat burglared but wouldn't insurance cover that but uh nas doesn't believe in insurance he says insurance is the cousin of sleep which is of course the cousin of death so he does not have insurance i just want to clarify that i'm glad you did that's what uh 80 of our listeners tune in for yes they want the clarity that is what they're here for but yeah, so I'm still working on my recipes. What's your most recent recipe? I'm sorry. Oh, so uh, my most recent recipe, bourbon. Uh, I've whittled it down to six eggs, heavy cream, cinnamon, sugar, um, dates. Uh, I, those were in the fridge already. Whiskey, just a straight rye. Mm -hmm. I have those like 
you know those Oreos, the Christmas time Oreos that are just like orange. I toss mm-hmm. those in there. Um, a little Bloody Mary mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, I put a celery stock in there as well. So. It sounds like most of the stuff that was left over in your fridge. Did you go out and purchase any of those ingredients specifically for an eggnog? No, this was that you got it right on the head. That is actually what was just in my fridge. Um, mm. But I am working my way through those three hundred eggs I bought. <laughs> so that's. I mean, who's going to pass that deal up? You got you see a guy in a parking lot with a truck. He says he's selling three hundred eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd be foolish not to buy them. All right. Well, let's. I'm excited for this week's guest. I think this is going to be a great mm-hmm. one. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and introduce. Uh, can you uh, give us your name and your let us know your relation to the case? Yeah. Um, hi, my name is B Loop. Everyone just calls me Baloop, and I am Brian's stalker. Okay. Okay. I guess. How did you start stalking Brian? Well, I saw him at Whole Foods. Look, can I be honest, just before, can I tell you something like really fucked up that I did before we start recording? Something like super illegal before we start? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I basically was living in Brian's attic for about two years before he, before he was taken or disappeared or whatever. And I know that that's probably frowned upon, but... Not on this podcast. Say, Mm-mm. I, okay good well i just want to say that when he disappeared it was so annoying for me because i had to find a new basically a new person to stalk so i just want to come out and say before we start recording that yeah i did that illegal thing but i also want to just say i am upset as anybody else that he's gone because now i i've just been pretty much homeless in the past few months oh wow that sounds really yeah. tough yeah, but it's fine. I've been, I've found, I've honestly, it's been fine. I've been doing like small jobs, just like a week or, at a time or like a few days at a time. Um, I, I want to come back to the jobs you've been doing, Baloop, but uh, this is a chicken in the 300 egg kind of question. Did you stock Brian and then move into his attic or did you move into his attic and then start stocking Brian? Well, I, I have been, I stalked him and then moved into his attic. So I've kind of been stalking people for many years and I just kind of have, to, you know, I go from one job to the next job and Brian was, you know, two years pretty much. Uh, and I was pretty much living right outside of his tree house for the longest for, you know, maybe like a, you know, a few months, but then I just decided that the attic was easier because I could tell from all, from his big windows that he never went up there, you know, mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. always see but he would never go to the top attic so i just decided to move in there and my place was nice up there you phrase this as a job did you feel that stocking people was sort of your job in life yeah it's not my passion i don't enjoy it right i just kind of do it to pay the bill so to speak to put a roof over my head because when i stalk someone i generally will you know use their stuff while you eat their food and and so i just you know it's a job, you know, same as you, you know, you get up, you put your trousers on, you put your hat on your jacket, you know, it's just, I just do it. Cause I, I have no other way to kind of, you know, have a roof over my head. Don't get me wrong. Like I liked, like, you know, I definitely like had an amazing time and I was obsessed with him, but like, 
you know, I've had a lot of people I've been obsessed with. I've had a lot of jobs that I've liked over the years. You know, when you are stalking someone, what does that entail? Is it is it just watching them? Or are you going through their stuff? Like, what what is that process like? I kind of just have to, like, learn as much as I can about them. Um, because, you know, the more you know about someone, the easier it is to infiltrate their life, right? Like, you know, I, I have a lot of disguises. And so, you know, I learned that Brian always went and, I, and he would wait for the mailman. And so I would always, when he would go out to the mailman, that's when I would, you know, that's when I would go through the back window or that's when I would leave the back window. And so, you know, I, would, I pretty much just learn as much as I can about all of my clients. And then um, I essentially just like, you know, use that information to, to better uh, serve my own purposes, which like I said, is just so I can have a place to sleep, some fruit, fruit, fruit to eat place to go to the bathroom so I don't have to go in the, you know, behind an alley or whatever. So when you say pay the bills, you mean eliminate the bills by using somebody else's shelter and food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And utilities. Yeah. Okay. I guess you, you said a motto. I say to, to yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's basically, one, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's just, you know, I, I, if I don't phrase it like that, then people will say, well, what do you mean eliminate their bills? And then I have to tell them that I'm doing something that most people would consider to be illegal. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. I get that. Hey, I, I'm the first person to, you know, uh, to support eliminating bills. I parasited inside of an FBI agent's uh, house for a while. Have you, you know, from one pro to another pro, what kind of costumes did you use? Where did you store them? And did you ever consider sort of being a landlord to the attic for somebody else who might need a place to stay? It's a funny you ask that because I subletted it out for a few weeks to go back and stalk this old client. Um, and I subletted it to my little brother, Mark, who he, he's like, he's trying to have it be a full-time thing but he has a family and so it's tough, but he came out for a couple of weeks and just kind of, you know, watched the place and got the cats fish and stuff while I was gone. Um, in relation to the- You have the pets beach, in the attic? I have under 40, more than 35. So I have like, I have hundred, hundreds of like, you know, just different games I play with them and stuff and hundreds of, you know, different ways I keep them entertained. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, that, that honestly, I have so many that it, it kind of becomes what I, how I spend most of my time in there. And I, I didn't catch, what type of animal is this that you have in there? Shrews. Shrews, okay. So I, I'm curious, having somewhere between 35 and 40 shrews in an attic feels like that would make a lot of noise. How did you not get caught if you had so many shrews in there? We soundproof the walls with their fur. Have you heard of like, you know the expression like, a shrew, a shrew sheds no 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 i'm not shrews, you know how like a snake will like shed its skin over the course of like like once or twice a year yes shrew, once or twice a day and their fur is so dense that you're actually able to basically build clothing out of it if you want and for my purposes i needed sound to soundproof the walls so to answer your question yes of course their you know their songs are loud their noises are loud but they shed so much that it basically they create their own sound barrier. And so, you know, we could be doing and we could be screaming up there. We could be singing. And, you know, at least Brian never heard anything. He never even I don't think he knew we were up there. Mm. Mm. So yeah, it was a problem. But, you know, the problem was also the solution because they shed like they shed like a snake. 
Now you said your younger brother is trying to do it, but he has a family. How old are you, Baloop? Uh, my younger brother is 22. Okay. And I'm 35. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he, he, he kind of married his high school sweetheart and uh, they started having kids right away. He was like a professional figure skater for a while, but now he just pretty much does ads. You've probably seen him. Have you ever heard of uh, Indeed? You know the guy who does the Indeed.com commercials? I do. Indeed. Yeah, the figure skater? Are you talking about that one? Yeah, the figure skater. So he doesn't even compete anymore. He just does this ad, you know? Like I heard Flo makes $3 million a year. My little brother doesn't make that much money, but, you know, we'll see what but happens. But he's trying to get out of it and get into the stocking business? <laughs> in the stocking business. It's one of those things where it's like some people are born with talent, right? But they don't want to use it. And then some people aren't born with any talent and they can't do what they want to do. In his case, he's a really good figure skater. He's a really bad stalker. Doesn't want to be a figure skater. He wants to be, you know, he wants to be a stalker. He wants to be with the, the, the shrews. Um, but, you know, like I said, he's got a family. And quite frankly, he just is not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I I am in a very similar thing. My lifelong goal was to be in in an interpretive dancer, um, but I just I couldn't do it. I danced everything, so there was nothing up for interpretation. The way I danced, it was all right there on the surface. What do you mean, Clark? I'm just saying, an interpretive dancer, you're sort of interpreting a situation or, you know, expressing. But the way I was doing it, people, there was no, you knew exactly what I meant. Clark would often say what he was doing in the dance. Yeah, it was hard for me not to. You'd be like, this is a couple arguing. Uh, And then the dance would reflect that. And he'd be like, now she's packing her bags. Uh, Now he's standing in front of the door. Yes. And I would also sort of, it was hard for me to not also bring up props. I was, I was considered a prop dancer as well, because like when I was packing bags, I would bring out suitcases and mm. I would pack clothing and yeah. It was, it, was, it was slightly redundant. So we could mm-hmm. visually see what was happening, but he would also say it. So there was nothing left to interpret. It was magical. It transported you to another time and place often the um, a home that uh, Clark grew up in when his parents got divorced that evening uh, when mm-hmm. she walked out on his dad. But uh, it was magical every time. Well, uh, okay. Well, first off, do you, you still do this, right? You still practice? I still practice, sure. But, you know. I've been hearing you. I'm sorry? I've been hearing you from the attic, so it makes sense. I thought you were – I always thought that you had company over – but really, I guess you've just been dancing. That makes so much sense. Oh, wow. I, okay, so you were stalking me. You were in my attic. No, no, I wouldn't say. I, I, I just did a small, it was a short job, like I said. I mean, you know, when you guys had me come on, I had to do some research. And so uh, I've been, you know, not long, not long, just like, you know, a month. This makes sense because I'm looking in the background of your video and that Pog collection <laughs> does look very familiar. And I'm picking up a very distinct echo as the two of you are speaking. Yeah. yeah. I hope yeah. we can clean that audio up. Yeah. By the way, you need to get more milk because I don't know what you, where you get your cal- calcium 
But as far as I'm concerned, your bones are brittle as <laughs> because you have no milk in your in your fridge. And other people live here, so you have to really think about that. Well, it, yep. I could suggest trying the heavy cream he has for his eggnog. Oh, I didn't realize heavy cream was milk. Well, that's a stumper. Uh, but I do believe it has calcium in it. Okay. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I apologize if I've been sort of a bad host in my house, you know. No, no. The client's job is not – look, the client isn't supposed to really accommodate the – it's not your job to do anything. I'm Obviously, I'm giving you – it's kind of off the record, the milk comment. But I usually just take, you know, exactly what the client gives me. And, you know, I will say you have a lot of shoes up here, which have been really fun for the shrews. I would say that you keep your windows open. And so it's always cold up there, which I do appreciate. I'm a warm blooded cat. And I think that overall you're, you have not, you have like decent amount of fruit, but it's just the milk. Uh, so wait, shrews like shoes? Shrews love shoes. They crawl inside of them. They can give basically it's two shrews a shoe. And what they do is they jump up and down and they do like these kind of little tap dancing things, which brings me back to like the tap dancing shrews thing that I think I might, may or may not have brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say, the way you're describing your existence, have you considered that maybe you should use these shrews and like do a stage show? Because you have tap dancing shrews. You could also use them to insulate areas. I mean, soundproof. Hmm. It seems like you've trained a lot of very talented shrews. First off, we have a type five, right? We have a late night set that we have totally planned out. The only thing is if Netflix came to us and they said, we want to give you an hour, I think we would be fucked. You'd have to kind of say that on the show. Yeah, sure. Right. We're, yeah, we're Pluto fans, but you can say Netflix. Okay, cool. I didn't know if it was cool with the whole, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I've caught something, my friend. Uh, but yeah, I, that's a good suggestion, uh, Clark. But I just got to admit, you know, it's just a lot of pressure. Like, you don't know how long it took us just to get a five, type five down. And I, I don't think it would work on Conan, but I think Fallon would love it. Letterman would have loved it. I don't know. It's just a lot of pressure. You know, I just don't know how people respond to the two shoes per shoe thing. Like, it's 2020. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that's hot right now. You know, dancing animals, it's a little too gaggy. I I mean, you know, I guess I don't know the media landscape that well, but I don't know. It seems it seems remarkable, I guess. Just something to consider. Uh let me let me ask you, B Loop. Uh or do you prefer Baloop? Call me Baloop. Okay. Apologies, Baloop. Um you started stalking Brian. Um, is there anything in your experience stalking Brian that would surprise people, you think? Well, do you know about his, did you know that he danced? Uh, we actually do know he was mm-hmm. taking dance lessons, break dance lessons. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was learning slow dances as well. <laughs> I don't recall exactly. We know that you know. the dancing is in his history. Yes. But yes. Well, what you should know, what you may not have known, is that he was a bad dancer. <laughs> okay. Yes, we assumed he was an incredible dancer. What you also may not have known 
is that no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't improve. Interesting. How do you know that? Well, because every Friday, the Shrews and I, we would do what we call a viewing party. We would watch Brian dance. And at first, it was kind of like I would tell him, I go, look, guys, you know, this guy's putting in the hours. He's probably good. You got to use it as we're going to use this as practice, take notes. It's like watching film. But over the fucking, over the months, and we just, we realized this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Mm. I don't know. I've, I don't know if you guys have told the cops this. I feel strange going to them because I don't want to incriminate myself. Sucked at dancing. You want us to tell the cops that Brian was bad at dancing? Yes. It was so bad. I tried to, I told you, I tried to use, even for the beginner shrews, I thought maybe they can pick up something from watching a human dance. Nothing. When you say beginning shrews, do you mean baby shrews or shrews that just began dancing? Baby shrews. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Look, I don't want to dismiss this I guess it's a theory, uh, but how do you feel that Brian being bad at dancing may have led to his disappearance? That's a joke, right? <laughs> no. You don't think <clears throat> Brian being bad at dancing wouldn't cause him to have make a few enemies along the way? I suppose when you put it like that, it seems slightly more probable, but I assume I'm an idiot and walk me through this. Every dancer holds other dancers to a high dancer standard. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Brian, like I said, he's below the bar. As soon as people catch wind that he's a bad dancer, he's got a target on his back. You see, if there's a shrew that can't keep up, they just they just leave because they know that it's going to be shrew pudding for dinner. If I see him, okay. I'm not saying I did anything to Brian because, like I said, I was staying in his house. But whoever took Brian took him because he was a bad dancer. Mm. It's just obvious to me. So I would start asking, okay, who would have seen Brian dance? Maybe a date, right? Maybe the mailman. He would always do a little jig as he was waiting for his packages. Dance teacher? I don't know these sort of things. High school prom date, who he let down. If you're not answering these questions, well, I think you need to really reconsider this. Well, that's interesting, I will say, because uh, that he would do a jig in front of his mailman, because we do know he had some sort of conflict with uh, someone at the USPS, and I believe he was being blackmailed, possibly by a USPS worker. Yeah, that's what we learned, is he was being blackmailed. Uh, Maybe he's being blackmailed for his bad dance moves. Maybe that was part of that process. I don't know. That's your biggest clue so far. If you're looking for this guy, you got to start asking, did the mailman do it? Was he being blackmailed? That's kind of also just off the record. Blackmail, like a mailman blackmailing you. That's good. It's that's good. good. Oh, and that's, yeah. Off the record, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that can be on the record. I think, yeah, I agree. That can be on the record. I would ask, uh, good in what regard? It's so fun to, to, to say, right? Like, how, how about that, right? 
anybody could blackmail you. He's blackmailed by the only guy who has mail in his name. Mm. Wow. Okay, let's go back to we're on the back on. Okay. That it was probably somebody at the USPS store. So that's just what I'm going to say. All right. Again, I was hesitant to do this because I don't know if I, this is incriminating for me, but I want to find this guy because I want to move back in. Now, listeners of the show may remember that Clark and I did live inside Brian's apartment for a while trying to keep up the ruse that he was still alive in hopes of flushing out any nefarious people. So I suppose we were doing a little bit of stalking. Was there overlap? Did you know that we were there? And B, and maybe I just answer this, but why do you need Brian to live there for you to continue? I understand he's no longer your client if he's no longer around, but it seems like you could continue to eliminate bills by living in Brian's apartment. Well, the person who has recently moved in, uh, they they are completely destroyed the attic. They just they, you know, like the big thing they used to go through the door, the big like cannonball thing, like you know what I mean? Big bat, the big ram that you, they did that, but with the with the ceiling, and so the attic is no more, and now the ceiling is just higher. A wrecking so, ball. Yeah, they they did, they did like one of those. Uh, wrecking balls that you would use to demolition a house, but instead they did it with a ceiling, right? So there's no attic there anymore is what I'm saying, basically. Uh, You know, if it was, look, here's the deal, right? If it was a different client, maybe, yeah, I could continue to squat there. But the fact is, there's just, there's just nothing there for me to even do unless I was to, you know, go back to my old days of just hanging on the ceiling and doing an old chandelier trick but that's just so difficult and plus the shrews get tired easily how long would you hang on a chandelier not long three weeks that seems difficult and also rare that someone would have a chandelier yeah it was very rare (laughs) but it was uh you know something that i would i did for rich people like i spent a lot of time in england shock even it seems like in england it goes like house chandelier car in terms of things that people spend money on hmm. like there are a lot of chandeliers there is what my my thing is i i guess i would i guess i believe that um i have no reason to not believe that my question for you is, is a little bit with the timeline you said that you your brother had stayed in brian's apartment because you had left to go visit another client and now you're currently homeless. What happened to the other client? What has made finding a new client so difficult post Brian? Honestly, it's just tough to, to find a client where the shrews are happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the accommodation needs to be pretty much just right. Like, I mean, honestly, Clark, we're really enjoying your attic. Like I said, we're doing the the shrew tap thing with your shoes and that's awesome but you know we can't stay there long term now that you know we've got to find a new place it's just mm. because the shrews are so picky one of the good things about brian is that even though i you know obviously i wish there was more but i i what they loved about brian is that he was just he would never come to his attic he would never bother us at all like every new person we're finding 
just spends a lot of time up in their attic. Like the client that I went to, that person put an office up there. And I don't know what, why you would put an office in your attic, right? I've got dozens of shrews. Well, between 35 and 40, correct? Something like that. <laughs> I really don't think that, you know, I just need you guys to find this guy already. All right. I need you guys. I'm sorry. seems like you're doing a great job, but you need to step it up because you got to, you got to follow breadcrumbs and the breadcrumbs happen to be his dancing. And that's just all I'm going to say about that for now. That's all you're going to say. Do you know more? Well, I don't know. It depends. Do you guys have anything to offer me? Well, you're living in Clark's attic. Right. Can I stay there longer? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. If you have, uh, I'm going to say this. If you have something substantial to tell us, you can live in my attic longer, and I'll pretend like I don't know you're in, in my attic so that, you know, it seems like that's sort of an incentive for the stocking thing is, is my, you know, not knowing. Okay, that's part one of the conditions. Part two, Owen, my little brother, gets to go to your house to practice. Gets to go, gets to, uh, mine? Gets to live in your attic for a period of time, and I'll tell you what information that I have. Okay, look, I live in a motel right now. Uh, the motel manager is my pimp, uh, and I am a bit of a gigolo. Now, I happen to know that this is the motel from the documentary uh, Voyeur, I believe, where the guy built a series of tunnels inside the motel so that he could spy on people in the different hotel rooms. So I'm pretty confident there is living quarters up there. However, I can't guarantee that they're unoccupied. So if your little brother is okay possibly sharing the voyeur quarters of my motel, then I'm happy to do it. I also, it's a motel. I have a hot plate and a mini fridge. There's not a ton in terms of milk um, or fruit, but I imagine, you know, it's a motel, so there's going to be lots of shoes for shrews. So I just want to be upfront before we make this deal. That's where I'm at. All right. You know what? I'll say I'll do it. My little brother... I don't know if I told you this. He doesn't even, he doesn't drink milk. It's just, that's kind of an older brother complex type thing. And so the lack of milk, it's fine with me. You know, I think it'd be good to start small at a, at a hotel where it's a little unconventional. Fine. I'll tell you right now. Great. It's a deal then. <sighs> okay. And this is off the record. Mm -hmm. Are we recording? Um, uh, we've been on pause since you said you wanted it off the record. Good. Well, the day that Brian went missing, the mailman came outside, parked, and instead of putting the mail in the mailbox, he walked inside, went into Brian's bathroom, took a S-H-I-T, and left. And then I have not seen that mailman since that happened. So all I'm saying that was before Brian was even announced that he had been missing. That was before this had made headlines. There would have been no way that the mailman knew 
that Brian wasn't there unless he knew that he had been taken or left. The mailman took a shit in Brian's apartment? <laughs> yep. Yes. S-H-I-T. Yes. The day he went missing. I mean, that is some incredibly useful information. I think it says more about the mailman, but... We had to pause. We were practicing up there, and we had to pause because we thought that there was some sort of seismic activity. And I, I really don't like potty talk. I just don't. I'm sorry. I wasn't born that way. But I'll tell you what. I have to for the sake of the case. It was loud. He took such a shit that you thought it was a earthquake? Correct. Well, we thought it was some sort of seismic activity. I didn't say earthquake. I, it could have been a, a, trub, a trouble or a tremble. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think you have to be cagey about what kind of seismic activity we're discussing. I, I don't know. I'm not cagey. I'm not cagey. It, it could have just been a mur- like a murmur. Mm. Okay. Like a, what do you call it when it's like a, you know, forget it. It was loud. All right. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's not nothing. I mean, we know he's being blackmailed by a U- USPS uh, worker. And uh, at very least, there was another USB USPS worker who might have some sort of gastrointestinal issues that, I mean, if it, if it sounded like an earthquake, it feels like this was an emergency, but maybe it was a message. Could have been a message. Could have been a message. It does seem like you're helping us put together some pieces that Brian Lind has a negative, if not adverse relationship with the USPS. Correct. Like I said, he would he would go out there and he would just do this dance where he would basically just hop on one foot. And that was, that was the dance. And the mailman would always see him do it. And I'm not saying that he's the one who did it. But all I'm saying is if you're a bad dancer, people are going to start to hate you, okay? And if you see someone be a bad dancer five days a week for a calendar year, maybe you get fed up. I will say I can't totally dismiss that because I was thrown out of a few family weddings for my dancing and no other reason. Your interpretive dancing? Yes. Uh, Again, they were like, hey, you're just, this is more miming things out than anything, than dancing. Yeah. Clark, I'm going to say, it does, it, I'm, I'm sorry, I know it's, this is not my place, but it doesn't sound like you're dancing. It sounds like you're just talking and you're calling it dancing. So that's just a, that's just a note. Well, if I'm going to be challenged, I'll go ahead and, and do one right here. Uh, okay, look at this. And uh, I'm standing up and I am, I'm going to be playing as uh my father uh this is this is how angry he is he's holding a cigar and he's very mad he's shaking a cigar you can't leave you can't leave i i can't raise these idiots alone and now he's uh of course putting on his cat burglar mask and he's going i i shan't i'll find you wherever you go and you'll raise these children and now it's later on in the evening and he's eating a Hot Pocket off the, the floor. <laughs> he's crying. You're saying that wasn't dance. You're telling me that was not dance. 
I take it back. That was pretty fucking good. There we go. Thank you. Another successful conversion. That was amazing. You mind if I bring the shoes down later and we can watch you? Now that's just we know that you're that you're that you know that we're there. Of course. I will put I will change into my tights and I will prepare a dance. We're just gonna watch. We got a few new babies in there who, who really could actually learn something from what you just showed me. So. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I will say you know, because you were giving us some insider information, I will ignore that it looks like most of my attic is covered in shrew shit. And, you know, I apologize. I, it's just, it's, it's what it is to be a journalist. So, um, listen, well, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, is there anything else you would like us to know about the investigation or anything else you think we should know? I'll tell you this. The mailman didn't flush that day. Oh my God. I went back to the crime scene a few days ago and it's still there. And so if you guys want a new lead, that might be the next place you look. Wow. And the the person who's living there now apparently has done demo on this house but has not flushed that toilet. No, they have not gone in there. That's just, we'll never know why, but they, they have yet to go in there. Might be suspicious. Wow. I'll leave you with that. You guys don't have to follow it up, but that's where I would go if I was you too. Baloop, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, Baloop. Um, and I guess we look forward to not seeing you and your brother in our, in and about our house. I look forward to watching you, Clark, and I look forward to sharing with my little brother that he has a new project going. So thank you for having me. Real quick, Baloop, I have been leaving out milk, <laughs> sorry, eggnog and cookies for Santa, and those have been eaten and drank, which is the first of my lifetime. Was that you? <laughs> no. It was the shrews. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah, because Santa is one of our is pretty high up on our suspects list, and I was hoping to catch him. Um, mm -hmm. I wish there was more there, but it, it's been the shrews. They they've been getting shit faced too. I don't know what you're putting in those cookies. Yeah, I did find a dead shrew on my floor. Now that I'm saying, and I think they might have drank too much of that eggnog. Clark, are yeah, you was... also putting bourbon in your cookies? Yeah, they're bourbon cookies. They're more of like a, it's more of like a cookie paste with bourbon in it. It's kind of a cookie dough, but it's mostly, it, it just won't cook. You can't cook out that much bourbon. Mm. That makes sense. They've been coming back just, you know, it's like a coming back from a, a night at the bar practically. So I, I know not, they'll tell them not to do that anymore. And especially if you're using it to catch Santa Claus. We don't want to get in the way of your side project. Absolutely. I did actually, though, you're mentioning it. Uh, I did see a Domino's driver uh, delivering to my attic the other night. So, yeah, this seems like, you know, straight from the bar. I was a little hungry. I get it. And, Clark, what did you assume the Domino's delivery guy was doing? Um, I guess I should have asked some questions, but I mostly just saw him on his ladder up in the attic, and I was like, okay, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. And then 
left it at that. Um, I was in the middle of a dance performance, so mm-hmm. I probably should ask more questions. <laughs> probably be a little <laughs> more critical of these things in the future. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. We're in the middle of an investigation. You can't be. You got to turn it off sometime. Exactly. I can't investigate everything. You know, if I notice a weird smell and weird noise, somebody's delivering a pizza in my attic. I can't. I can't be investigating everything at once. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Your attention has to be on the disappearance of Brian Lynn. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that is where our focus will be <laughs> until we solve this thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Baloop, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Good luck out there. Artwork provided by Amelia Jane Murphy. You can follow her and purchase her work at amil underscore art on Instagram. Music provided by Kai Ingle. Please subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps the show. You can follow us and contribute at Deception Pod on Instagram and Twitter.